Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Corbin versus the World, our New Year's edition. I am your hero, Corbin David Alba, and welcome to our very special Bandersnatch edition of Corbin versus the World. Very much like Black Mirror Bandersnatch, you can make the decision to keep listening or you can make the wrong choice. And I'm very glad to be back recording for all of you. I'm sure very much like most of you, I was starting to sink into that post-Christmas, post-New Year's malaise area that we all kind of sink into. And I do enjoy this time in the sense that it proves as confirmation that I could never fully commit to being a lazy piece of shit because after about a week of not doing anything during the holiday breaks that we usually receive, I start to go a little bit stir crazy. So I'm very glad that I can come back to this show so I can entertain your ears and tantalize all of your delights. And of course, the cliche with New Year's is that everyone is making their New Year's resolutions. They're trying to attack the new year with bold assertions that they will be bigger, better, more powerful than they have ever been before. And I really appreciate that mindset ladies and gentlemen and listeners. And so I would like to share with you my own uh, New Year's resolutions. My New Year's aspirations for the last few years have simply been to not get any STDs, but I feel like I need to raise the bar a little bit higher for myself in the name of self-improvement. So in that spirit of elevating myself to that higher plane, I have given myself a new goal, a very pure goal. I, Corbin David Albaugh, hereby declare, and you, my viewers, will hold me to this standard. I, Corbin David Albaugh, your hero, will watch every single movie that Nicolas Cage has appeared in from the beginning of his career to the very end, including movies that come out in 2019. Now, my strategy is, rather than watching from beginning to end, I'm going to start by watching a movie at the very beginning of his career, and then a movie at the very end. So that way, I can kind of transcontinental railroad my way and find a happy medium. Now, I'm not entirely sure which movie I'm going to meet in the middle on, but I think it might be National Treasure 2, which I'm totally okay with. And I promise you, loyal listeners, that I will keep you abreast of my progress as the year progresses. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Other things worth noting, with this being a new year, I would like to announce a new long-running segment on this show that will be running throughout the year. This is inspired by our good friend Drake and his song Ratchet Happy Birthday. It got the cogs in my brain turning, and I decided that the only logical progression after highlighting this horrible song was giving a platform to all the horrible songs that we have encountered in the last hundred years of human existence, because who's to say that Drake can hog all of that pie? So I am proud to announce, starting today, we are launching the Corbin vs. the World Worst Song of All Time competition. Oh, uh, 
And the responsibility will not be on me, ladies and gentlemen, no, because that would be more work for me, and that's bullshit. Instead, I am putting it on you, loyal listeners. It is up to you. You can submit to me or to NOCO FM your suggestion for the worst song ever recorded. After we have enough entries, and after subjecting it to our loyal worst song committee members that will consist of me, and me, and maybe a couple of my friends, we will come up with a NCAA-style tournament bracket, and we will vote on each of these songs like it is Survivor, and at the very end, when there is one last song standing, that song will be declared our worst song of 2019, and it will play on a 24-hour loop on NOCO FM on April Fool's Day. They will be okay with it, I swear. So if you would like to submit your entries to this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad contest, you can leave a comment on my Instagram or you can send a text or voice memo to NOCOFM at 970-666-NOCO or 970-666-6626 and... No, no, close it. Close it right now. No, just do the thing. This always happens. God damn it. Now it smells like sulfur in the studio. This always happens. Sorry, listeners. Uh, we we edited all of this out, but we just had to burn like 10 Ouija boards to close that portal to hell. This is a fairly common occurrence here. Also, we will be starting a Kickstarter, so we got a new hotline so we can stop opening the seventh seal every time we're trying to get money from you. But seriously, 970-666-6626 is our actual number. I'm serious. Here's tunes. I'm not trying to be unfair, it's just that negative thinking can ruin your life. Negative thinking, negative thinking, negative thinking.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. I hope you enjoyed that last ska song you heard. That was She's Kerosene by The Interrupters, which is a fantastic name for a ska band, I might add, off of their album Fight the Good Fight. We are going to be skanking it up here in 2019, and that is a fervent promise. Speaking of things that are skanky, I would be remiss to not talk about Bird Box. At this point, I feel like even the Amish know what Bird Box is, thanks to Netflix's Blitzkrieg Scorched Earth technique of marketing that they took toward it. I feel like the day that it dropped with no fanfare on Netflix, all of a sudden there were millions of memes about Bird Box that sprang up out of nowhere. Now, was this because everybody was watching Bird Box, or was this a massive coordinated shadow campaign? Who knows? Only the tinfoil on my head really knows. But... We need to spend some time exploring this interesting film. Remember, interesting is the word that polite people use when they mean they fucking hate something. What did you think about the play? I thought it was interesting. What did you think about Bird Box? I thought it was very interesting. Here's what online critics are saying about Bird Box. Someone had a bad acid trip, then put it in a screenplay. I only made it through 30 minutes of this shit sandwich. I spent a couple hours waiting for something, anything, to happen. With that kind of praise, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how this movie could not succeed. And somehow, it has succeeded. According to Netflix's Shadow Operatives, this is somehow the most popular release ever made in Netflix history. Now, I think that this is due in part to the fact that Netflix dropped this during a very strategic time during the holidays, because as we all know, escaping to a dark, dark corner and watching Netflix is the perfect avoidance technique when you're trying to get away from your MAGA relatives and alcoholic aunt. However, I think that we really need to be thinking about the quality control that we are practicing with ourselves for watching films, because let it be known, I am stating it over the airwaves for posterity, Bird Box is the biggest steaming pile of, pun, bird shit that I have ever encountered on Netflix, and that is including The Open House, which I have already skewered in this show previously, which you can check out in a previous episode. Check us out on Spotify. Cheap plug. Now, you might find yourself thinking, now, Corbin, it's a new year. Shouldn't we be trying to put negativity and toxicity aside? Because it's the new year. We should be trying to acknowledge the good in the world. We should be trying to accept the good into our lives and disregarding the bad. To which I say, fuck you. Hating things is my brand. Let me hate things so you can move on with your life. I will be the hate elemental and I will suffer on the burning cross of hatred so that you do not have to. Listen to me from my mountaintop, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're looking for positivity, then go listen to The Spark with Stephanie James. She's way better at it than I am. If you are one of the 33 people that has not yet seen or heard of this movie, allow me to be the one to open up Pandora's Bird Box and give you a brief plot summary. I will be giving you spoilers, but don't worry, I'm saving you two hours of your bullshit time. This movie finds Sandra Bullock, who is a strong, independent woman, who is trying to fight an evil, nameless thing that we do not see. Literally, we do not see it. Throughout the entire movie, we do not see the big evil thing. This movie starts off with her talking to these two young children that she has called boy and girl. She's instructing them very intensely about the terrible, horrible thing that lurks beyond the walls. They must venture out into the world for reasons unbeknownst to us. Now, this might seem to you like the opening to A Quiet Place, and that's because it basically is. 
Bird Box is basically an amalgamation of a bunch of different movies that are thrown into a blender, drank by an alcoholic, thrown up onto a sidewalk, and then pieced together by a blind man. And then something that resembles a coherent movie emerges. So this whole prologue unfurls itself and you realize, hmm, there's something very wrong in this world. Luckily, we don't spend too much more time with Sandra Bullock and her two brats. Instead, we go back in time five years to see Sandra Bullock with her sister, Sarah Paulson. On a side note, if I'm ever hanging out or going about my day or going to the gas station or whatever, and I see Sarah Paulson... I am getting the fuck out of there because only bad things happen when Sarah Paulson shows up. She is a disaster on wheels. She is a canary in a coal mine. Nothing good ever happens when Sarah Paulson shows up. Moving right along, Sandra Bullock is pregnant, of course. So she goes to the hospital. Amidst this, we're hearing about all of these riots and mass suicides in Russia. Luckily, we don't care too much about this because Sandra Bullock is a strong, independent woman. And according to male screenwriters, strong, independent women are not allowed to have any kind of empathy because that would be a positive trait and that would get in the way of that trope. So she goes off to the hospital. She sees a woman smacking her head over and over into the wall until she dies. My first thought was that this person just got done seeing Speed 2, but that was wrong. Instead, it would appear that whatever terrible, horrible thing is attacking the people in Eastern Europe is now attacking the United States. So, in one amazing sequence, we go from calm, idyllic world to complete chaos as the world erupts in flames, mass riots, cars driving off the road, explosions, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, as Sarah Paulson and Sandra Bullock try and traverse their way down the terrible video game-like road of chaotic Los Angeles, question mark. Sarah Paulson sees a mystery thing in the darkness, kills herself by ramping off of a car in a wonderful sequence where I'm sure all of the movie's budget went, because it sure as shit didn't go to the monster. Sandra Bullock crawls out unharmed, because of course she would. What kind of pregnant woman gets injured by a car accident, right? Not Sandra Bullock, not in this movie, hell no. No, she finds refuge in a house with John Malkovich and the guy from Moonlight and the guy from Get Out and Machine Gun Kelly and a whole bunch of random people and they hunker down and they have a good old-fashioned apocalyptic zombie trope bullshit fest. So you might be wondering, what is this terrible, horrible monster creature that is infecting the world? Luckily, we are filled in by the TSA guy from Get Out who is inexplicably a supermarket cashier that somehow knows exactly what's going on You see, he explains to all of these gawking onlookers, this is the endgame. This is Judgment Day. These are ancient demons sent that are prophesized from ancient civilizations that appear to us as our worst fear or our greatest loss. And when we are confronted with these things, apparently the first solution is to kill ourselves because the screenwriter just saw the happening And he just loved that idea so much that he couldn't resist putting it in his bullshit movie. Oh, also, did you know that B.D. Wong is in this movie? Yeah, he is. Doesn't matter because he only has like 10 lines. Also, the best death scene in this movie by far is when John Malkovich's wife comes out to save Sandra Bullock from the screaming rioters. She runs out to save her, looks off into the distance and goes, Mom? And then she just casually walks into a burning car and sits down and the burning car obeys the woman and explodes because we go by video game rules in bird box town blah blah bullshit blah blah people in a house 
blah, blah. They leave the house for some bullshit reason. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's producer Chris. Corbin may have had an aneurysm. We're not entirely sure. He might just need a minute to lay down. In the meantime, here's some tunes. King of the black circle, same year, Bobby dropped two horns, hatched and mature. To Gore Northport, 84, here is 84. Maybe the retinic site by age jeopardy. Wake up the Obelami, crack back anyway. 17 summers in developing. Would it be the middle school or ketamine? Yes. Left home in the dark to curl up in a bear, hug us up in county's arms with a bevy of heavy metal records and leather bibles. More Anton LeVay than St. Michael. More Sherman, a fort on bricks behind Midas. Fly with the pentagram pilot, Sabbath and Judas and all tunes. Prudence seems team now, but then it was devil music. Rick Six, the nickname clicks. Makeshift altering and clearing in the sticks. Forfeit a kitten by the forks from the kitchen. But our spin drew the same symbols. Pitchforks waving at a grand theft. Four by four support system, alas. Angus on the axe in the back. Foreground offering a pitch dark animal corpse in backyard. Black mass in the brass. Curiosity got for grave robbery to puff and pluck skulls at a cemetery property. Cops cuff him and stuff him in Amity Bill Asylum. It's fantasy island, but no was lions at the top south. Oops, but focus on the environment. And how it could it loosen the loose for Reddish flying it would flee? Pill moan, pale horse howling, death and LSD to make it mean more than it meant. Pay attention, here's where the whole thing sours. It goes from intrigue and a wowsers. At a party, a passed out drunk castle gets got the ten bags of dust. Now it's not a big town and people are big mouths. So he fishes around till he figures it out. Gary Lauer, 17 years young, you have no idea what you've done. Track him down. Beat him pissy, got five bags back, still owes a 50 Yo, Ricky, Ricky, do we hound up a loat or show him how the hellbound do? Hmm. Castle waves all that says, let's just go and get baked instead. Two shake hands and a beat play dead, though it's more like a skeeter. Shaking a web and a long came a spider with two of his friends. It was into the woods, a delusional mess. Four kids dipped in a black hole bath. June 16, Castle snaps. Off guard Gary, tack on the pins. He's Rick, pull a knife from his jack and a grin. Race that knife like a sword to the moon. Plunge that knife through a portrait of youth. Go and say you love Satan, say you love Satan. Lara Saint say it just caved in a facelift. 32 stab wounds, gouged out eyes. Burns on his skin, not a cloud in the sky. Castle would later explain he was told by Satan himself in the form of a crow to murder the kid cold, part of a pristine hole. No, 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 no. And just had to brag until somebody said, just had to rat. Set in the cell as a merch and a hate who would hang from a sheet before the third day. Some say Castle was part of a cult, but I'm sure there was more than we're told. More than adults or authority could rightly decode. Or maybe I'm wrong and he's finally home. Castle.
man and a man. My girl is the real rock fan. My works before itself. My trophies on my shelf. Okay, my homies love will for. Okay, you phone it in no war. Okay, you told on your day one. Okay, next door they never come no way. I'm on it, shut it, California. Run it if you want it. Car so big it's on it. Car so big it's tonguing. House so big need Kanye lipo. Nice off white like halftime might go. Him no play him Bateman psycho. Run the bands, run the bands. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Run the bands, run the bands. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Run the bands, run the bands. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Run the bands, run the bands. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. I don't have to say it more than once. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. I always been famous where I'm from. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Started from the bottom of the slum. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Jesse Owens while I'm on the slum. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. I'm gonna find you, slide through, might paralyze you Don't run, I'm gonna chase you Point blank, that's how the yanks do Brand new shrink, had a breakthrough Brand new mink for the great room Don't bring knives to the gunfight We bring knives to the day room Northside, right by the Popeyes, pop out Ran from the cops, but the cops get shot now We don't do no Axel Foley's, find me If you ask if found me, we went to his Instagram He said that he had the Foley, found him this shit hit the fan Now he acting past the Yahweh Run the bands, run the bands Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Run the bands, run the bands. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Run the bands, run the bands. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Run the bands, run the bands. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. I don't have to say it more than once. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. I always been famous where I'm from. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Started from the bottom of the slum. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. Jesse Owens while I'm on the slum. Run the bands, run the bands, hey. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. What's fun to you? And don't say Dre Wong kills himself by whacking his head onto a rock. And can I just say right now, the happening did way better from a creativity point of view because you had people who were cutting their wrists with car glass. You had people who were laying down in front of automized lawnmowers that were baiting lions. Real creative fear factor type shit. Whereas in Bird Box, you've got shit like BD Wong just hitting himself in the head with a rock. Like, what the hell is that? Also, did somebody turn my mic off? Ah, oh, shit. Well, I, well, we lost a lot of the synopsis there, guys, so I guess I'll just give you the spark notes on this. B.D. Wong dies. They go off to a supermarket, find a pregnant woman who's a foil to Sandra Bullock because she's a nice and caring woman to a fault, whereas Sandra Bullock is not. Nice, caring, pregnant woman lets in a scary, evil British guy, and you know he's evil because he's British. He tells them all about how the criminally insane are not affected by the evil dark hell beast and are instead driven to be servants by the hell beast because reasons. Crazy guy reveals that he is crazy. He kills everyone in the house, including John Malkovich, who goes and cashes his check. Crazy British guy is killed by dollar store Luke Cage, played by Trevante Rhodes from Moonlight. There's a sequence in the film where Sandra Bullock and foil pregnant lady go into labor simultaneously. Not only that, but they deliver the babies in a 15 minute time span. But that's another point altogether. Uh, After they deliver the babies, when dollar store Luke Cage is fighting off crazy British man, he's blindly shooting a shotgun 
in a room full of infants, but we're just going to forget about all of that. They get away from the house. Crazy British man dies. Kalu Kalei, good for the protagonists. Five years go by with seemingly no problems. Don't know how that happened, but okay, cool. Crazy people in the form of white people in camouflage attack, and dollar store Luke Cage has to sacrifice himself to save Sandra Bullock. But first, he does teach her about love and caring because that is what a stock character is supposed to do in that situation. So now Sandra Bullock loves and cares about things, and she assumes her role as Emily Blunt and John Krasinski in A Quiet Place, and we find them going down the river in blindfolds. We're already doing logical backflips at this point in the movie, but now that we found Sandra Bullock and her two children navigating their way down a river in a canoe wearing blindfolds, we are now doing Tony Hawk doing the 900 style logical flips that I cannot even bridge in my own mind. The canoe capsizes and uh, the birds, did I mention the birds? I don't think I mentioned the birds. So of course there needs to be birds. Well, the birds are there so that the humans can know when the evil thing is nearby despite the fact that the evil thing is around no matter where they go, but apparently they needed a bird so that they could have some innocuous thing that they could name the title off of. Anyway, the birds go into the river for an extended amount of time, and after a contrived rescue sequence, they come back on shore. The birds are fine because in addition to the demons killing all of the humans, they have apparently imbued the birds with superpowers where they are no longer affected by water, which is awesome for the birds. All hail birds, the new inheritors of the earth in Bird Box universe. Sandra Bullock finds her way in a long, 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 elaborate stalking sequence that makes no sense because the demon assumes the ability to replicate human voices. So there's a long sequence where wind is blowing all over the place and she's hearing all of her dead friends whispering to her. And despite the fact that all of this wind is rustling and blowing trees all over the place, the monster still cannot take the blindfold off of Sandra Bullock's face. So well done with that monster, question mark. And finally, at the end of the movie, Sandra Bullock and her two spawn find refuge in a home for the blind in an ending that none of us could see coming. (laughs) Okay, kill the laugh track. Thank you. That is the plot synopsis to Bird Box. Understand, listeners, I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more if it were your average bargain bin, bullshit, Netflix, direct-to-streaming schlockfest that you can find anytime when you're drunk scanning through streaming movies. But the fact that it had so much advertising and had so much star power behind it fooled me into thinking that I was going to watch a quality film. And understand, I love bad movies. I have seen The Room over 30 times, and I have the brain damage from alcohol to prove it. But I want to know when I am seeing a bad movie. I want to go in with that expectation. When I go to McDonald's and I order a McDouble, I expect a McDouble. When I see a five-star restaurant reviewed on Yelp and I go there and I order a filet mignon, but then someone plunks a goddamn McDouble in front of me, I am going to be furious. And this movie is not just a McDouble. It is a McDouble with a McChicken shoved into it. It is a McBird box, and I fucking hate it. I was fooled. I was tricked. I was bamboozled. 
by all the people at Netflix and all the people on the internet, and I feel betrayed. There is a dagger in my heart, in my soul, in my spine that I will not be able to recover from for years to come, and the only way to cure it is with a shitload of Nicolas Cage movies. This is the year of the cage. That's right. That is right. Here's Tunes. Coming through the cracks of a visionary sign. You can take it if you like. It's a wonder in the black.
undead. Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. I am the shell of what was once your hero, Corbin David Albaugh. All of my spirit and fighting soul has been taken out of me by describing Bird Box to you. So thank you, Netflix, for taking my soul and all my sensory organs. I have learned very much from this terrible experience, and I will know to do a lot more research before I watch movies. So I'll do my social media plugs like I always do in this terrible, vacant universe that doesn't care about our wants. Um, you can find Noco FM and myself on Instagram at Noco FM and Corbin versus the world. Also be sure to like our Facebook pages and add to our growing online army. Don't forget, we are all venturing out to PodCon 2 in Seattle, which we are all very, very excited about. Also, do not, do not, do not forget about the worst song competition, which is filling me with the fighting spirit that has been sucked out of me. So, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to be offering your recommendations and your nominations for the worst songs of 2019 on social media. Thank you all for listening. I promise you, life will get better in 2019, as long as we don't watch Bird Box. Thanks for your time. Appreciate ya. I stay asleep to stop the worst Think it might not be the weather And I lay defeated, not the first but this time things ain't getting better Bye.
in the night spotlights Woke up worse with the fright gone bright Sights on the heights and the right wrong type So never really got this far I stay asleep to stop the worst Think it might not be the weather And I lay defeated, not the first But this time things ain't getting better When you're depressed 
This has been a production of NOCO FM.